Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast, a place to find strength for your journey. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. If you're a fan of the Oak Ridge Boys or love to curl up with a good book, you're going to want to stick around for this wonderful interview with Oak Ridge Boy and published author Joe Bonzel. Joe has been with the group since the 1970s, and together, he and his ensemble became one of the most beloved and iconic musical acts of all time. Their hits include American Maid, Elvira, and Bobby Sue, to name a few. On the writing front, Joe has published 10 books, four of which are part of a children's series titled The Molly Books. His latest release, On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys, offers fans a rare behind-the-scenes glimpse into some of the band's most memorable moments. Well, I know Joe is anxious to talk to everyone, so here he is, Joe Bonzel. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. Gosh, it's nice to connect with you again. Well, Luann, how nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, I know, but you've had a lot going on since we last talked. I know you have a book out that was released fairly recently, and actually, you have a lot of books that you've written over the years. Yeah, actually, ten if you count the the Molly the Cat books came in four back in the uh, you know late nineties. So, uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy writing. I'm guessing that you have a lot of downtime when you're traveling. So, is that when you write? Well, you got to figure we're, we're traveling. I can write in the back of the bus. That's why God gave us the a MacBook Pro, you know. And uh, I can write. I can write in a hotel room all day. I can write at night. I can write at home. I can go out to my farm, cut a bunch of grass, and sit and write for a couple hours if I want to. Believe it or not, though, I have done most of my writing on the road. Well, I imagine there's plenty of things out there on the road that you can find for subject matter in your books. <laughs> so anyway, Joe, when did you actually start writing? Well, you know, when I was a little kid. I wrote a whole series of books on Providence Joe, a gunfighter from Rhode Island. <laughs> I wrote I wrote uh, a series of uh, stories about a, a young wannabe Phillies baseball player and him finally coming up through the farm system and making the team. And that was probably my own wish, wish to come true if I could have ever been good enough to play. So I wrote baseball books. I wrote gunfighter books and uh, – or stories anyway, you know, pen to paper. And um, I went home to visit my mom once in the late 70s, and all of those things that I had written down in the cellar, plus my baseball cards and my marble collection, were all tossed. She said, yeah, I cleaned up behind the steps down there in the basement. It's the only time in my whole life I ever wanted to do my mother harm. (laughs) 
I'd love to have all those writings back today. I really would, just to see what I was doing. But then again, I got away from it for years and years and years and years. And uh, my early days with the Oak Ridge Boys, everything was building this group and building the career and, and, and working real hard at being the Oak Ridge Boys. And then when the big success started to come, that took up all my time as well. And I got away from writing. So how'd you get back into it again? All of a sudden, there was a magazine back then called Country America. And Country America asked me if I would write some stuff for them, including a road diary. Well, believe it or not, that got me back into it. I started writing this funny, humorous, on-the-road diary of the Oak Ridge Boys that they published every month in the magazine. Oak Ridge Boys, three days here, two days there. And then they asked me, uh, I wrote a, I well, right after Elvira hit and everything, uh, in the 80s, I, I wrote a story for them called Daydream, going back to baseball. I hung out for three days with the Phillies and took batting practice, shag flies in the outfield of the old veteran stadium. And I wrote a big piece on that. And they loved it and they published it. Well, I didn't think much more about it. The writing came kind of easy, actually. And, I, and it seemed like it was actually pretty good work. And um, it, it took until the 90s, uh, later in the 90s, when I, I got this kitten named Molly. And I just thought she was the greatest thing in the world, this little kitten. And I, uh, I went off to Vegas for, for two weeks. And I was really missing my kitten. And uh, I, 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 I had just got a brand new, I think it was one of the MacBook 5600 CEs, whatever back then, one of the earlier MacBooks. And <laughs> I opened up a blank page and I wrote, Molly was two years old, although she still looks somewhat like a kitten. It's just that she never grew very big. And away I went. And I wrote a whole, I, what I thought was a screenplay for Molly the Cat. And it ended up to be a four-book series uh, published by Ideals Children's Book. And to this day, one of my most successful writings, actually, was those four Molly books. It got me close to kids again, which was really fun. I would speak at schools and libraries and Barnes and & Nobles, and kids would come, and I would read Molly to them, and parents would buy the set of books. And it was really fun for me, to be honest. And I had a lot of great experience there. And that kind of really started to get me into the – into the writing thing. And then when my parents died, it was another level up for me because 2001 was a big year with, you know, 9-11 and all. But I lost both my parents that year. And my daddy was a war hero. My mother looked after him till the day he died because he was stroke ridden. And my mother always wanted me to write a book about her and daddy, what daddy did in the war and, and, and what she did in the war. She was a woman's army corps whack. And so after they passed, I promised her I'd write the book. And so I wrote the book G.I. Joe and Lily for New Leaf Press, and that was a bestseller. So, you know, it's kind of write what you know. I, I wrote about my parents. I wrote about my cats. I've written two books on the Oak Ridge Boys, An American Journey, and more recently, On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys. So, again, it's kind of like write what you know, and uh, these are things that I know well. So I, was, I found it easy to write about them. Yes, I so agree with writing what you know. It reminds me of that scene in the movie Little Women where the main character, Josephine March, who is a writer, she's writing fantasy and she's trying to get a book published and she sends it out to all these publishers and it just keeps getting rejected. And then later on in the film, she is given this wonderful piece of advice by her professor. He says to her, Joe, write what you know. So she actually winds up doing that. And then 
she goes on to get her book published, which is Little Women and the True Story of Louisa May Alcott. So, yeah, you're right on target there. Well, it has to be. Uh, I mean, to me, I think if you don't do something that, that is at least moving to people that, that they can grab onto a little bit in the writing, then then it's just kind of a tinkling symbol, you know. And uh, I've always wanted to, to accomplish something with the writing. I've written some good inspirational pieces over the years. One of them is the last chapter of On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys. And I've thought about writing inspiring some inspirational kind of book or even a gospel-flavored kind of book. I I just haven't really got there with the idea of how to do that yet because a lot of people are very good at that, and they've done it. You know, your Joel Osteen's of the world and people like that. They've written great inspirational books that I don't know that I could close to on a whole book level. I've been writing some short stories lately book on Billy Graham coming out later this summer, and different authors were invited to take part with all the proceeds going to Franklin uh, Graham's um, Samaritan's Purse. And it's like reflections about Billy Graham. And I wrote a chapter in that book on the time I went to see Billy Graham in the early 60s in Philadelphia when he was there for a whole month. And uh, the, and they, they accepted it, and that's going to be a part of the book. And then there's a police book of all things. I, I have some friends with this thing called Police Writers Academy out of North Carolina. They awarded G.I. Joe and Lily a Book of the Year award several years ago. And the head of that thing said they're putting together a fiction book, and this is all fiction, and they've invited 20 authors to take part and write a fictional story about police work. And uh, now that was really fun for me because, well, I haven't written that many fiction books. And in a book called uh, Christmas Miracles that I wrote a few years ago, there's like uh, seven short, eight short stories in there that are all fictional Christmas stories that are kind of like Hallmark Channel-y kind of things, you know. And so that's the only time I've ever really written any fiction, though. So uh, I really got into this, and I, I made up a great character of Officer Sunshine Berkman with the Buffalo Police Force, and I, I wrote a short story based on that. So that book's coming out soon with a short story in it. But as far as my next writing project, I, I really don't know what to do yet. I'm, I'm waiting for direction. I, I open up a blank page every once in a while, and I write about things. I even, I even wrote a story about singing country music cats. And it's, it's kind of a cute little book, but it's been turned down now by 14 publishers. <laughs> so nobody wants to hear about my singing cats. They, they, they were big on my talking cats, but not my singing cats. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I actually love that. I think that would make a great feature film or even just a, a children's book series like your other one. Wow, this is a cute idea. Well, you know, I was thinking that it's a funny book. It's a, it's called Country Music Cats, and uh, you know, I got Johnny Cat and Minnie Pur, Minnie Purr, and I mean, it's just a bunch of fun stuff. And uh, <laughs> and I got a bunch of dogs that live up the alley from the place they hang out in called the Litter Box Cafe that hate the cats, and eventually they plot against the cats, and the cats win, of course, and 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 they they sing, and it's just. It's either like my own daughter told me, Dad, this is either genius or it's the silliest thing you've ever done. You've lost your mind. So I think it's a cross between both. But I keep writing anyway is what I'm saying. I uh, The other day I wrote a whole big piece. I, I opened up a blank page and wrote about a blank page. <laughs> so I'm practice writing, you know, and uh, I've got a couple of novels started. I've got one about a special ops guy that's kind of cool, but. I think it's kind of been done before, too, to be honest. And then I've got this Civil War time travel romance I've been working on. 
I don't know where that's going to go or if I'll ever finish it. You know how writers are. You're one. You just kind of delve off in different directions, and eventually something grabs a hold, and it becomes something real. Now, you recently wrote a book about your life on the road with the Oak Ridge Boys. I imagine that was kind of challenging to narrow down all the best stories for the book. And then I also was wondering, how in the heck do you remember all that stuff? Did you write it down when you were traveling, or is this something that you've just drawn from memory? I do it all from my memory. There was nothing in that book that was already written down at all. I, um, I, I, I didn't know what to do exactly, how to write about the Oaks right now, because I had written, I thought I wrote a book about the Oaks a few years ago called American Journey, and I didn't know where to go now. So I just started, and um, I decided to break it down and basically break it down into chapters like the bus, the tour, the music, the Christmas tour, um, the boys, the band, you know, that kind of thing, and give people a real inside look at the group as if you're a fly on the wall in our world and how and, – and, and it shows you how we have gotten from point A to B to C to D over all these decades – there's a little history in there. There's a whole chapter on gospel music in there, chapter on the national anthem in there, chapter on old friends. It just, it, when it started coming together, it really came together well for me. And this was a great writing experience because, again, kind of write what you know and what you remember. Uh, for instance, I got a chapter called Backing Up, and it talks about all the different people we've sung backup for on their albums over the years and um, stuff like that. And CMT.com called it the best behind-the-scenes music book written in the last 10 years. So it was a real honor for me. And um, I think people that have read this book really enjoy it. If you're a fan of the Oak Ridge Boys, it's a must-read. If you just love the music industry, it's, it's, it's a fun read for you to see how an act like us does what we do and, ha and has done what we've done and, and, and what we plan to do in the future. So it's a nice look at, at an American music group. And... Um, you know, it's, it's done well. I mean, I know the people that have read it really love it. So that's all you can ask for. You know, I find it so inspiring that the Oak Ridge Boys have been together for as long as they have. So many of the groups that come out don't last. They, they have troubles and they break up or they just have a rotating lineup of people. But you guys have been solid through the years, and it's just a real testament to who you are as people and also as musicians and the integrity that you have and the passion that you all share for what you do. Well, thank you, Luann. I, I really tried to tackle that big question of how do you all do what you do and how have you stuck it out all these years? And, you know, like I said in the book, there's so many great answers. We love what we do. We're singing music. Why would we stop? We've been successful, so we want to keep it going. The uh, we love have love and respect for each other and our, our, each other's talent and background and what everyone brings to the table. All of that's true. But I think the real thing is that this group goes back to the 40s. This group takes more history to the stage every night than any other act ever. And I don't think any of us want to see that history end. And so, therefore, we keep plowing forward constantly and Every, thankfully, everybody in this group are forward-thinking kind of guys. You know, it's like it ain't like how do we slow down? How do we stop? It's how do we keep going? How do we make it better at this time than last time? And it's great to be a part of a group like that because you know it only takes one guy to say, "Hey, man, I'm tired of this. I'm out of here. That's it. 
I want to go home. That's what happened to the Statler brothers. That's what happened to Alabama. It took one guy in each of those groups to say, I'm through. I'm done. And this group, you can't find that guy. He's not here. It's always, let's, let's go get him. And it's the attitude of the Oak Ridge boys that is the Oak Ridge boys, makes us the Oak Ridge boys. And, and I think it'll, it'll be God to tell us when to stop. You know, Joe's not coming to the bus tonight. He's dead. That would be it. <laughs> Joe, you have such a way with words. Obviously, you're a writer. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about one of your singles that you guys recently released. It's called Brand New Star, and it's just such a beautiful song. And I know it's brought a lot of comfort to people who have lost a loved one. Yes, it has. And the whole 17th Avenue Revival Project has been a wonderful, wonderful project for us. If I ever update on the road with the Oak Ridge Boys, which I may do one of these days, there's a lot of those chapters that could go on now because it's been a couple of years since I wrote the book. I went through a whole chapter on 17th Avenue Revival and how this album came together with Dave Cobb, the great producer, and how we went down the roads that he took us down to do something different than we'd ever done before. Attack some gospel, but not make it a gospel album. Attack gospel, but not old Southern-style gospel, but let's go back further to the roots of black gospel and how it influenced the early rock and roll guys like Elvis and Jerry Lee and Race Charles. And I mean, it's just it was a whole concept here. That, that we that we delved into in this historic Studio A in Nashville and on 17th Avenue with this young, great producer, Dave Cobb, and how we worked it out. And Brand New Star is a great example of songs that have really been moving people. You know, we're on the Shine the Light tour this year. Man, we're trying to shine a little light out there. Brand New Star is a song that gives people just a little bit different way to look at losing a loved one. There's a brand new star up in heaven tonight. Let the love shine down. And I can't tell you how many people have been moved by this song in their personal lives. And if you can do that with a song, with a book, let's face it, man, that's, that, that's really cool. That's, that's, what's, that's what makes it not a tinkling symbol, Luann. That's what puts some meat and potatoes in it. If you're helping some people, giving them something, and they can, something they can grab onto, take home with them, use in their personal lives. Isn't that cool that you can, if you can do that? And I think the Oak Ridge Boys have done that for years, and I think we're really doing it with this new stuff. Yeah, the Oak Ridge Boys have always seemed acutely aware that their purpose is bigger than they are. Yes, ma'am, I totally agree, and I think you've hit that nail right on the head. That's that's uh, We are aware of it, and again, it's great to be a part of a group like that that is aware of it, you know, that does just kind of have their head up in the clouds all day long and go out there and sing because that's what you do. It's more, more to it than that with the Oak Ridge Boys, and I, I think, again, that's another reason why we're still around today in our 70s still drawing big crowds and still singing good songs and uh, and still having a career. It's really quite amazing, really. It's, it's, it's like the very first chapter of my book is called A Phenomenon, and I think that's what we are. Yes, you guys certainly are a phenomenon, and I think a lot of what goes into that is that you seem to have a knack for picking great producers for your music. You had mentioned that Dave Cobb produced your last album, and it's interesting because I just had Shooter Jennings on, and Dave also produced his album. And Dave seems to be a master at producing a traditional country record, so yeah, you definitely made the right call. Well, he is. They, Dave don't care about commercial country music at all. He said, I don't care about what's going on on the radio. It don't matter to me. Let's make something good. Let's make something that means something. You know, 
how we met Dave Cobb was through Shooter Jennings. Ten years ago, Shooter was doing a, a recording with Dave Cobb when Dave hadn't even moved to Nashville yet. Young producer. Nobody even really knew much about Dave Cobb then. That was before Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and Chris Stapleton and everything else. And Shooter wanted us to sing on a song with him called Slow Ride on a Slow Train. So we went down there. We said, of course, man, we'd be glad to do it. Great. Let's have fun. We went down in the studio. We're working with Dave Cobb producing Shooter Jennings with us singing with Shooter. Well, what happens is we got to be friends with Dave Cobb. And Dave loved the group. He grew up on us. He said, man, I remember being a little kid listening to the Oak Ridge Boys, man. This is great. So we got into this friendship thing. And one night, Shooter Jennings is doing a big showcase downtown Nashville. And he invited the Oaks, if we could, to come down there and join him on stage and sing Slow Ride. And after that, we'll do Elvira and have some fun. Well, we went down there at one of these showcase clubs. <laughs> and we went up on stage with Shooter and sang Slow Ride on a Slow Train. It's really a cool song. And we blew the place down. Well, then we all sang Elvira, and it was really fun. Cobb was there that night. And Dave Cobb said to me that night, he said, man, I've got an idea. You're going to think I'm crazy. But I hear the Oak Ridge Boys singing Seven Nation Army by Jack White. I, I hear it. I hear Richard singing, doing the guitar parts, bomb, 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 in a bass voice. He said, am I crazy? I said, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. So we worked out a, a thing where Dave Cobb produced our next album. It was called The Boys Are Back. This was 10 years ago. And we did Seven Nation Army, and it was monumental. It turned the whole the whole music industry on their ear. It was like the Oak Ridge Boys did what? <laughs> so there we are with Dave Cobb ten years ago, and it was all because of Shooter Jennings. And the reason we went to Dave Cobb now is because of what we did with him ten years ago. Dave's been in Nashville now. He's a top producer. He's got a lot of a lot of stuff under his belt now, and. We couldn't think of anybody else that could take us in a new direction than Dave Cobb. And Dave said, hey, man, we're family. Let's do it. it. took us a year for him to open some studio time for us. But last July, we spent a lot of July last year in the studio with Dave doing this album. So it's amazing how the different circles interact through the years. You know, I believe that nothing in life is a coincidence and that we meet the people that we're supposed to meet along the journey here. It's really interesting when you're kind of in the flow of doing what you're called to do in life, you wind up in the right circumstances at the right time with the right people. Oh, no, there's so many things in life that are just not a coincidence. And I think, you know, I hate when people are closed minded and that their hearts are closed, that they don't see these things. A lot of people aren't aware of the fact that that these things are not coincidences. Nothing just happens. I don't believe that. I believe in the divine power. I believe in divine guidance, and I believe that things happen for a reason, and and certain people we meet along the way, we've met for a reason, and I don't think anything just happens. I find with many people I know that they're so caught up in the busyness of life and all the chaos that's going on in the world that they miss the magic moments. Well, that's what I mean, Luann. I, I, hate, this, I hate it when people are not aware, you know? I mean, it's... I think sometimes you just got to be quiet and listen. We're in such a fast-paced day and age right now. Things loud. You know, we've all got phones and devices in our faces, and we're all looking at our computer screens, and we're all on 
social media and we're all involved in all of this stuff while we're trying to make a life for ourselves and make a living and, and succeed and raise a family and everything's hectic and, and, and loud. And I think there are times when you just need to be quiet. I don't think God can speak to you unless you're really quiet and listening. And that's, I think the quiet time is, is one of the most important things that you can do. Shut the phone off. Get somewhere quiet. Get out there in nature. Sit by a creek. Take a walk in a field. Go out there where it's quiet and hear the birds sing and you hear the, you hear the deers rubbing their antlers against the, against the bark of a tree. You hear the woodpecker pecking far off. You hear the turkeys clucking up in the woods. Man, that's, that's, that's the good stuff right there. That's the good stuff. And so many people just don't do that. And I don't know. I think it's important. I always close out my show with asking my guests to offer some words of wisdom that helps them find strength on their own journey. So you sort of answered it before I even had to ask, but, oh, wow, I thought that was so beautifully said, and it's very, very true. We just need to turn off all the noise sometimes, get centered, and listen to that inner voice that is always there guiding us in the right direction. Joe, you're just an amazing person and such an inspiration to so many people. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today. And I know my listeners are also very, very grateful. Thank you, Luann. There's a brand new star up in heaven tonight Shining down on us, glorious and bright I'm gonna miss you every day but I know that you're all right There's a brand new star up in heaven tonight There's a peace in my heart Finally moving on A calm in my conscience That sings my song No longer will you struggle No longer will you fight There's a brand new star up in Love shine down, let the 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 love shine down. I'm gonna miss you every day, but I know that you're all right. There's a brand new star up in heaven tonight. There's a break in the clouds, the sun is shining through, speaks to my soul. In a voice that sounds like you When I lay my head down And gently close my eyes There's a brand new star Up in heaven tonight Let the love shine down 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 I'm gonna miss you every day But I know that you're alright Baby
Luann's Land podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming. 